the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I'm going to speak to you for a few minutes about feet. There's a surprising amount in the Bible about feet. My daughter, Nim, is a foster mum. And one of the things that she does for the birth parent is take lots of photographs of the babies, and particularly their feet. And I've got a couple to show you, I hope. There's one. Sorry, chaps, it's a soppy moment. Oh. And the next one. Two of her little foster babies. And uh, there's something very beguiling about babies' feet. Is that right, Ruby Bay? Got gorgeous little feet in your satin slippers at the moment. You wait until you're in your stilettos. Good luck, mum and dad. <laughs> uh, I used to tickle the bottom of my baby's feet. So I've got four, not seven. And um, I have one very, very lazy feeder who would drop off to sleep halfway through a feed. And I used to tickle his feet at the bottom to try and keep him awake to make sure that he had enough to keep him going four hours so I wasn't up and up and up feeding him all the time. And uh, I used to blow raspberries on the bottoms of their, the soles of their feet when they were little. Did you do that, mums? Anybody else do that? I love their feet. I think they're gorgeous. They're scrumptious. And um, I'm wearing here today, I don't know if you can see that, can you see that? Yeah. Little tiny badge here of the feet of a ten week old fetus. You chaps, I'm sorry, at the back can't see it at all, but some of you at the front can. And coming up on the screen here is the feet of a premature baby. Aren't they gorgeous? Look at the size of them. Tiny. Absolutely tiny. I've got an aunt who's 101, and I look at her feet sometimes, which I'm glad to say she's still on, and I think about the mileage that she's travelled on those feet. Can you imagine 
how many thousands of miles she's walked on those feet. It's amazing. And uh, in the Bible, the whole thing about authority is spoken about by feet. It talks about putting things under our feet and giving us authority. In fact, in the very first chapter of the Bible, authority is given to mankind to rule the earth. We're given authority under this little phrase, under our feet. So your little Ruby May and all your other six children as they grow up, will have authority over their little patch, as you do. Every one of us has authority over our little patch. And therefore, it's really important how we grab that authority, how we use it. And it will be very interesting to meet Ruby May when she's your age and see how she's grabbed hold of all the things that you'll teach her and how she's ruling her little patch. And it would be even more interesting to read Ruby May when she's my age and she's reflecting on the past, on how she's done it. There's a famous writer called Ernest Hemingway and he was challenged... He was given a bet that he couldn't write a story in six words. Do you, want, do you know what to know what he wrote? He managed it. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Whoa, that's a real four, isn't it? And on the back of that, the BBC challenged their readers to write their story in six words, their little memoir in six words. I've got some of them here. Would you like to hear a few of them? This was sent in by Ashley Errington, and it reads, Outside lavatory, worked hard, now flush. (laughs) I like it. Claire Hobber wrote, Unraveled career, re-knitted as baby blankets. Richard Merrington wrote, Wasted my whole life getting comfortable. How sad. Uh, I'll just pick out a couple more to read you. Here's a very sad one. Lisa from Weston wrote, laughed out loud, cried in silence. That's a tough one, isn't it? And Robin wrote, if only I turned left. So we hope and pray that when Ruby grows up, her six words to cover her, her life will be good and not things like, if only I turned left or wasted my whole life getting comfortable and that's the prayer for everyone in this room not just for ruby of course so the responsibility of parenthood of course is to guide every child in the right path to walk the right way 
And you'll need to teach them a lot. You're finding that out already with your other six, of course. You need to teach them about obedience. If I hadn't taught my children about obedience, I'd be one child less right now. Because at about seven or eight, he's like lightning, this child. And my kids went to school on the very busy Oxford Road. He was about 25 yards ahead of me. And I could see lorries. I could see just what was going to happen. He was going to shoot into the Oxford Road in front of a lorry. And I screamed at the top of my voice, Nat, stop! And he skidded to a halt. And if he hadn't learned to obey and to listen to me, he'd have been a goner. Important lesson to teach them. All other kinds of discipline you're teaching them. You're teaching them about sharing. And if you're a big family... They already know a lot about that. And they certainly learn about it when they get to school. There's a lot to be learned about sharing. You need to learn to teach them about manners and about morality and about spirituality. And of course, part of what you're doing today is to teach them about spirituality and its importance. And if you've noticed... In our reading today, there were two men who walked very different roads. One had walked in humility and one had walked in pride. If the man who walked in pride had to sum up his life in six words, it may have said something like, I'm proud to keep the rules. Whereas the man who walked in humility, he summed it up in seven words, I noticed. I can just pinpoint them for you. Uh, He said, God have pity on me, I'm a sinner. And when we come to that point of realizing that we're sinners. That's our access point into God's love. That's when we walk into God's love, when we stop pretending that we're brilliant at everything, when we stop pretending we can do everything, when we stop pretending that we're good, when we know we're bad. That is when God opens his arms to us and says, come and enjoy my company. Come and enjoy my companionship. Come and enjoy my forgiveness. Come and enjoy my love. Because we recognize before him how rotten we are and how we need him. You know, one of the things that I missed most when my husband died was walking with him. Pads, let me borrow you for a minute. I love this companionship of walking you know, you sort of pick up somebody's rhythm. Pad is probably much quicker than mine because he's younger and fitter. But, oh, all right, we're going this way. <laughs> but there's a, sort of, there's a sort of companionship. You know, I, I would just sort of think, oh, Pad, you have such a busy life. You have so many things to fit in, don't you? Do you? Lots. Yeah. <laughs> you have all sorts of things that we don't necessarily see. Mm-hmm. I know you have masses of mm-hmm. services to cope with, to prepare for you, team meetings. You've done a funeral this week. Yes. You had a wedding anniversary. Yes. 
Did you celebrate? Yes. How many years? 30. Oh, 30 years. <laughs> Not bad. Did he take you somewhere nice, Kirsty? <laughs> There's a fellowship in this. There's a companionship in walking with someone. And when we come to God and we recognize how naff we are, how much we need him, he offers us that companionship. He offers that. He says, let me, let me link hands with you. Let me walk with you every day. Who wouldn't want God walking with them every day? There's this lovely verse. It says this. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and it says, God said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? I think that's lovely. I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And that's what he says to Ruby May this morning. I will be your God and I will walk with you and you will be part of my people. I think that's the most amazing promise that God will walk with us day by day Not just when we're good, because we hardly ever are, if we're honest. But when we're bad too. He won't suddenly walk away from us when we're bad. doesn't mean that he'll like the naff decisions that we make and the horrible things that we do and say. But he'll stick with us, because his promise is to love us, not because of who we are, but despite who we are. He loves us so much, warts and all, and he will walk with us. And so that is my encouragement for you today. And to say to you, do come. Do give Jesus a try. He's the most amazing companion. Utterly amazing. And just finally, before I sit down, if you have had a miscarriage or an abortion, and if you've lost a baby and you're feeling the pain of that, just got this name and address of an amazing counselling service that's free in Reading. It's in London Street. And I've got the telephone numbers here, and I'm going to put them on the table um, at the end of the service. And if you'd like to just pick one up as you go by, you'd be very welcome. I really recommend them. Bless you. <laughs>